0: Hello, church. How are you guys today? I hope you're at home having a good day, getting a good start to your morning. I want to bring a special message to you. And uh, when I was asked to speak this week, I began thinking of uh, something that I wanted to do that was really, really spiritual. And as God kept speaking to me, I kept thinking that the message that I have today wasn't spiritual enough because of its content. Well, then God spoke to me and told me that this message is for your spirits out there. It is not spiritual in the sense that I thought it would be, but it is impactful to your spirit because the message that I am talking about today is something that we are going to talk about that is honestly affecting the spirit of the church and the spirit of Christians all over this country, and that is politics. And no, I'm not going to get into what I believe and what's going on in the world. I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to stay away from the issues because the issue itself is that there is no separation anymore. The title of my message is The Separation. And that comes from the separation of church and state. And as you go through history, you see that that was made... And I truly believe that that is a mutually beneficial thing that the country benefits from not being church ran and the church runs, benefits from not being government ran. Now we can, as people, use our, our faith and our beliefs to inform what we do and how we live our lives and the the lives of those around us, and they can be affected by their faith or lack thereof. And that's a perfectly fine part of the human element of life. But I want to talk to you today about your spirit and how politics affect your spirit. So I want to go through and read some scriptures today that give me clues as to how to handle politics in my spiritual life. And I hope that that informs your spiritual life today as well. And for those of you that have stuck around after I started talking about politics, thank you. And for those of you that left, I'm sure you might have left to go make some political posts instead of hearing this instead. So I hope you come back and hear this message because it is important because politics and faith oftentimes are at odds and they are at odds within your spirit. And we need to cleanse that today. So go to Titus 3, 9 but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless." This first section here is telling you that the law is useless to faith. When you go into the Old Testament, you had the ability Or or the idea that you were going to get into a good Christian walk by behaving and following the law. And when the new covenant came about, that all changed. And that is why you see such a shift in Christian mentality in the New Testament. Because now we know that you cannot behave your way into grace. But in modern times, what I need you to know as a Christian and an informed Christian is this. You can't behave your way into grace, so we cannot make others do so either. Yes, we have a a, a nation that was written under the Constitution and, and all the songs and everything that we have as a nation is under God, and we get that and we understand that, and your Christian values, you feel, make the world a better place. But you cannot use the law of man for the salvation of man. That's not how it works. This scripture is telling you that quarrels and arguments about the law are unprofitable and worthless. You see, if every law had Christian value, we would still not save a single soul for the kingdom. If all we did was change the laws, and we didn't change hearts, we would not save a single soul. But on the flip side of that coin, if we were to change every soul for Christ, We wouldn't need the laws to get people to act the way we think they should. And that's another element of this, too, is it's not about the way we act and how we think we should act. We're starting to divulge into telling people how they should act. And this Titus 3.9 scripture is telling you that's a foolish controversy. That is dissension. That is a quarrel. You're getting into foolish dissensions and quarrels about the law. And this scripture very clearly states they're unprofitable and worthless. And I'll give you a real world example of how they aren't profitable. Say to yourself, I know you probably have a friend or a family member who's not a Christian or doesn't have the same faith as you and you want to talk about a big world issue that's happening and you try to use that world issue on your Facebook you post about it you share about it you share your opinions and you start to align your political opinion with your spiritual opinion and now when they get online and they disagree with you on these bills or laws or whether or not we should go to war X Y and Z When they see that, they now associate your faith and politics together because you did that. So when they disagree with you politically, now they think it's a spiritual issue. And so you're confusing politics and faith in your own heart. And thus, the world out there thinks that politics and faith are one. So if you don't have the right politics, you can't come into faith. And I can tell you nothing is further from the truth. The Bible is telling you over and over again, those are worthless arguments. So your Facebook posts, you're screaming and shouting to people. When you get online and you share posts, when you you go online and you dog out the New York Times or Fox News or Biden or Trump, and you do all that you can to show people that they're not the way, that they're not of God, what you're really saying is that your political opinion is of God. And the Bible is telling you over and over again that that is an unprofitable and worthless element of your life to your spirit. Your faith should not be informed by your politics. And the reason I warn people about about informing their politics by their faith is it gets so muddied that eventually it blends into one. And instead of your faith informing your vote, your vote informs your faith and you get twisted and mangled and eventually you lose the separation from your spirit, from earthly politics into spiritual elements of life. So let's go to another scripture here and I believe we're still in Titus. Well, actually, no, I changed that up. We're going to Timothy 2 1 through 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Party lines don't matter. Pray for your leaders, pray for your friends. It doesn't matter what they think about the last war, it doesn't matter what they think about Biden or Trump, it doesn't matter who they voted for, it doesn't matter what they believe on, on abortion, on gay marriage, it doesn't matter what they believe in on taxing and how we should be taxed, it doesn't matter about states' rights and the right to bear arms, none of that matters for your spirit, because you should still be making intercessions, supplications, prayers, and thanksgivings. This scripture here dictates to you that those things be made for all people, all people. This scripture has a lot of silent shouting within it. And what I mean by that is when you first pass by the be made for all people, you might overlook that. But I want you to start thinking about that in your head. That is telling you very clearly, shouting to you, that your faith should not be informed by their politics. It doesn't matter if your brother voted for Biden or your sister voted for Trump. It doesn't matter if they didn't even make it to the polls. It doesn't matter if if they're gay or trans transgendered. It doesn't matter if they're black or white or you don't agree with their lifestyle. They may be drunk. They may be addicted to drugs. They may have tattoos. They may have voted for the abortion bill. They may not have. None of that matters to you because you should still be praying for them. You should still be loving them. You should still be making intercessions in their life. And so that is one element of the things that, that shout to me in this scripture. And it's important because Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. They're all just men. And they have an eight-year expiration date. When your faith and your politics get so close, you're forgetting the divine that isn't elected. Oh, God put himself in charge. Jesus and the Holy Trinity, they are in charge. There is no election process. There is no worry about what they're going to do and what happens after them. There is no new vote. You see, you are taking men and women who have to be voted for and then have an expiration date on how long they can serve, and you're placing it in an equal position to the divine and the eternal. There's something wrong here, folks. There's something wrong here. It cannot keep it that close. The reason I'm warning people to keep them so to keep your faith and politics separate is because things get so muddied. Your faith is not about mudslinging. Your Christianity is not about hatred. It's not about arguing. It's not about debate. We can't go to to God and say, well, you know, God, actually, I think the ninth commandment might be a little unconstitutional. We'd look stupid doing that. Why? Because there is no debate on faith. The truth of the matter is Christ died for your sins. God created you and faith in those two things and determining those two things in your life is all that you need to dictate a Christian life. But your politics is the exact opposite. It shifts and it changes. Republicans look one way and then generations later they look a different way. Democrats look one way and then generations they look a different way. You have Republican leaders and Democrat leaders and over the course of time you'll see many. I'm about to be 30 and I've seen quite a few presidents and I've seen quite a few governors and quite a few world leaders and everything seems to change so often. And we, we get ourselves attached to these people in office. So, uh, you know, for the people who are, are Republican right now and are very attached to Trump, you know, did we forget about George Bush or his father? They were recently presidents. And for the people who are Democrats, did we forget about Bill Clinton? Did you forget about Jimmy Carter? Like, what what happened? You support Biden and you support Trump and all these things go on in your life and then it shifts. After Biden, they'll become a new president, and that'll become your new flavor of the month. Then the Democrats will like that person, and the Republicans will hate them, and vice versa. You see how much shifting and changing happens within politics? You got to keep it away from your faith, because your faith has to have firm ground. Your faith is built on a solid rock. So you have to build your faith with a wall around it. So that way your politics can't hop that fence and jump over into your heart and start muddying up your spirit. Another way that it muddies up your spirit in this scripture is getting into it, is it starts to make you angry. And you can't separate your political anger from your spiritual calling and you start to get online, and you get into political debates, and you're typing away as hard as you can, and you're you're breaking your keys to get to the next letter, and you're just shouting and screaming, and you're hitting caps lock, and you just sound like you're slamming on your keyboard, and you're posting. Biden is terrible. Trump is terrible. Look at what they did. They're so close to Satan. This law is going to ruin the nation. Look what we've done. The Democrats have ruined Christianity. The Republicans aren't, aren't following the law. You have all these arguments that you see on Facebook, and you're screaming and shouting about it. You hit enter and then you want to make a post about faith and you're slamming the keys in the same way you can't separate yourself you have to create the separation yourself i'm going to read this scripture again and i want you to listen for something i want you to listen to to listen for the words peaceful and quiet first of all then i urge that supplications prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people For kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Did you notice the peaceful and quiet part? That's your cue to stop. That's your cue to shut it up, to stop typing. This is telling you peaceful and quiet, godly and dignified. If I were to ask you, To just shout a bunch of words for three hours straight that describe politics, you wouldn't say peaceful, you wouldn't say quiet, you wouldn't say godly, you wouldn't say dignified. That's how far separate it is. You could run through the entire dictionary, run through every word in the dictionary, and you would not assign peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified to politics. That's why it's got to stay so far away from your spirit. This says that we may lead a peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified life in every way. Not in certain elements, not just your faith, not just your church, not just your Sundays, in every way. Politics are the exact opposite. Politics are about war and infighting. That's the opposite of peaceful. Politics is about screaming loud, shouting, caps locks, making your name known. That's not a quiet life. Politics are about men making rules about other men. Politics are about people going and changing things for man's sake. It's not godly. And I don't even have to tell you how politics isn't dignified. It may have been in the past, but it's not anymore. So I'm going to close off with this. Jesus separated himself from politics, and so should you. Matthew 22:17 17-21 Tell us then, what you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, and again, even the politicians then, malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him the coin. And Jesus said to him, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. That is the separation right there. Oh, we're gonna WWJD our whole life. Well, let's WWJD our separation. What would Jesus do? Let's talk about what he did do. He separated Caesar and God. Separate Biden and God. Separate Trump and God. Separate Republican and Democrat from God. They are not one and the same. The Constitution is not equal to the Bible. The Founding Fathers are not equal to the Holy Trinity. Your Republican Party, your Democrat Party, they are not the the disciples of this time. They are not doing things for the kingdom the way that God does things for the kingdom, the way that you should be doing things for the kingdom. America is great, but it is not heaven, and we've got a lot of work to do here. The reason America is not heaven is because heaven is perfect, and if I had a time to talk to you personally, I could tell you a hundred things I wish I could change about this country, and I know you would too. And they might be different things, so when we tally that up, that's 200 things between two people that we would change about this country. America is not heaven. Don't get it twisted. I love, I love politics and faith, both of them. I'm a historian by nature. U.S. history, world history, I love it. And because of that, I'm intrinsically linked to politics because history and politics are almost one and the same. But I can never allow myself to get to twisting these things to think that the Founding Fathers wrote this document that is the earthly equivalent of the Bible. It's not. The Bible is living and breathing. The Bible is telling you in its own scriptures that you should not make changes to this. And if any man does, they will suffer the consequence of those changes. Everything we wrote has changed. There have been multiple amendments. By the time I pass, we might be into the 30s and 40s of the amendments that we've changed this man-made document. The Founding Fathers are not the Holy Trinity, God the Creator, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Those are three perfect elements in the world. And I could tell you as a historian, mistake and immorality after immorality that the Founding Fathers had within their spirit, and I don't even have to go looking long. America isn't heaven because the streets are plaid with gold, and right now you're struggling and I'm struggling. Do you see the separation? It's so evident and so clear. If Jesus couldn't find the time to get into political spin, you should leave it alone too. Politics are a natural part of human existence, but it's when they bleed into your spirit and into your walk with God that they become detrimental. And I think today, in final closing, we've reached a point where everybody's faith is affected by politics, where everyone has had that opportunity for the blending of the two to muddy up their spirit. There are people that I know personally, and I'll leave them unnamed, and I've been guilty of it myself in the past. There are people who are famous people who you might know and you think of them as these kind, compassionate, loving people because they are. But then you see their social media posts and you hear them talk about politics. They don't sound so kind. They don't sound so loving. That's because politics changes your spirit if you let it and the you that is you in Christ can be shifted, molded, moved, and changed by trying to toe party lines. All these laws, all these arguments, all these bickerments that we have, they're important to the world. But you don't exist in this world simply as yourself, you also exist in the spirit realm. And every battle that we face as a nation doesn't have to be faced within your spirit. And there are spiritual answers and spiritual solutions. It's great that you love your God so much that you think that we should make laws to other people that dictate to them to have a Christian life. But you're missing the point. A Christian life isn't about law. It's not about order, it's not about politics, it's not about doing the right things. It's actually the opposite. Christian life is being aware that you're going to try to be perfect and fail. It's being self-aware to know you're no better than the person to your left or to your right. And the only thing that separates you from a believer and a non-believer is your faith, not your actions. And when you get into thinking about it, you can't dictate your life to make you perfect. And being perfect is impossible, so you can't even try. It's not the way to get into heaven. Christians, our goal should be to change people's hearts and to see as many people in heaven as we could possibly see. To fill the gates with everyone around us, everyone you know and love, you should want to see them in heaven. And our goal should be to be successful. In this message today is about you being successful in your own Christian walk. As long as you set yourself up as a political gladiator, you'll scare away those people who you could have saved. You'll scare them away from your faith because you can't even keep them separate from one another. So from the outside perspective, your faith and your politics are one and the same. So they're not going to want to go to your church or pray to your God If they feel jilted by your political opinion, you want to know how we save people? We love them. Politics and love are nowhere near one another. They couldn't be further. That's East Coast and West Coast, North and South Pole. Politics is about hate, especially nowadays. But Christianity, especially nowadays, has to be about love. It has to be about acceptance. It has to be about saving people. It can't sound like the world. And your politics and your faith kind of sound like one another right now. It's time for all of us to change that. I'm gonna pray for a cleansing of our spirit. And I'm gonna pray that, that God separate the politics and the faith within us again. And then we can maintain that fence. We can maintain that border. Every election, it seems like the the border comes up and what we should do, how we should secure it, if we should secure it. You've got to be concerned about one border in your life, your faith and your politics. I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm not even not telling you to be passionate about what you believe in. I'm telling you to make sure that you're always that much more passionate about your faith, that you can type away on your keyboard, hit enter, and still be the same spiritual person. So if you bow your heads, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that God cleanse all of us of the political junk in our life, and that we can enter the political debates that we want to enter with compassion and love, and that our spiritual calling will start to inform our politics in the way that we treat people with compassion and love. Not how we vote, but how we handle debate. Father God in heaven, I want to come to you and thank you that we live in a time where we have the freedom to communicate with you freely, that we can pray to you. And God, I thank you that there is no debate about you, that there is no challenge to you, that I don't have to convince other Christians how good you are, that I don't have to try to sway someone's spiritual opinion about you, God, I thank you that you are so divine and infinite that you stand above all this political mess as a loving creator, someone who created us with passion and mercy. But God, I ask that you use that passion and mercy now to inform our hearts, to separate us from hatred and political debate. Because your Bible, your scripture, your living word says it's unprofitable God and we want our spiritual lives to be profitable and we know that spiritual profit is drawing nearer to you and seeing friends and family saved by our example so spiritual profit is the most important profit in the world so God draw a line Just like when when Jesus died and a line was drawn in the literal world and things shook and broke and changed and rips and tears happened and claws and stone walls fell apart, God. I ask that you rip apart the fabric of our politics and our faith being combined into one. And I ask that you tear down those stone walls that that politics built to jump into our churches. And God, I ask that you you do so from from a, a... business perspective God that people that people who are running christian businesses will do so with love and compassion i ask that you do so from a church perspective god that organizations that are that are nonprofit for you god that are are doing things for your kingdom will do so with just love and mercy the way you created us and i ask that you do so on an interpersonal level god that people like myself and the members of our church and those watching online, that they can go forward and conversate with love and mercy. And that they can see, it doesn't matter what law is passed, you're still God. It doesn't matter who's in office, you're still God. There is no voting time. We don't got to get to the polls to make sure you stay God. You're in control. And all of these votes don't have any merit on how in control you are. We thank you, we love you, and we ask that you continue to bless us, our nation, and this world, God. In your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. I love you guys. Keep out of the political spin and stay loving and compassionate the way you were created. Thank you.